If we are in the book of Mark, if you have it, say amen. amen. Book of Mark chapter 7. We're going to focus on verse 5 and through 9. But then we're going to jump to the book of Judges. Jump to the book of Judges chapter 15, verses 14 through 17. So if you can bookmark Judges, we'll hold off on that one for a moment. But Mark is where we will be starting. Verse 5, it starts off of the book of Mark chapter 7 for the reading of God's word. says, then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandments of God, ye hold the traditions of men, as the washing of pots and cups and of many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandments of God, that ye may keep your own traditions. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, you've waken us up this morning, Lord God. You have breathed new air and, and that pneuma spirit back into our bodies, Lord. And we are so in awe of your splendor and your majesty, Lord God. Lord, you've given us warm blood running through our veins and activity of our limbs, Father God. And we are thankful, Father God, that you've given us another chance of life this morning. Lord, we ask you, Father God, that your word, Lord, would penetrate through our hearts, Lord, that we would hear your word and receive it in our hearts here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay. Lord, that you would sit me down under subjection. Father God, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. Pray, Father God, that every listener, Father God, receive your word here this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Church says. Church says. So we start off. We open up and Jesus has some explaining to do. At the start of chapter 7, we see that Jesus Christ, he is confronted with what seems to be a very important matter, a very serious matter. According to the Pharisees and, and certain of the scribes, they have a, a problem with the disciples. We see that in verse 5, he is questioned, he is asked, why walk thy disciples according to... Why walk they not according to the traditions of the elders? Now I ask you, according to the traditions of who? The elders. Bear with me. So I, wanna, I want to break just for a second and just tell you a story of, about tradition. There was this one young girl, and it happened to be Thanksgiving. She was at Mama's house, and, and Thanksgiving day, she saw Mama prepping the ham, and she saw that Mom cut the tail end of the ham, and threw that part away, and, and the ham, she threw it in the oven. And she was, quite, she was concerned as to why mama did that. And so she asked, and she says, baby, this is the way that your grandmama taught me how to do it. Ask her. Well, it's Thanksgiving Day. She goes and she asks grandmama, and grandmama says, well, your great-grandmother is the one that taught me. She's in the living room. You go ask her. Well, she goes and finds big mama. 
You're saying, well, Big Mama, I grew up in a black church. We say Big Mama. Goes and asks Big Mama, Big Mama, why did you, why does Mama, why does Mama cook the ham that way? She said, baby, I don't know why your grandmama does it that way. And I certainly don't know why your mama does it that way. The only way I did it, the only reason I did it this way is because we were poor and didn't have a pot big enough to put the ham in. So we can go ahead and wrap this up and end service to let you know that tradition makes God's word to no effect. So we have the traditions of the elders. And and now as we see Jesus, Jesus arrives on stage, on scene. And I love what he says. As he walks on stage, he says, you know what? The prophet Isaiah, he wasn't wrong about you. Hypocrites. Verse 6, he says that the people would honor me with their lips but their hearts are so far from me. He continues with, nevertheless in vain do they worship me, teaching the commandments of men. Isn't it crazy how we tend to justify ourselves, try to make things fit us, not the word of God, but us. Let that resonate with you for a moment. Keeping, verse 9, it says, ye reject the commandments of God, that ye may keep your own traditions. Now, once again, let me stop here for a second because what we tend to do is we tend to pacify the flesh and we we tend to want to please this flesh so much that we would twist the doctrine, not the tradition of the church, but the doctrine of the church so that we we can feel comfortable with what we're doing. I didn't think I was going to get too many amens at that one. Amen. You must be living right. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. But Jesus is not upset with the fact that we're asking for proper hygiene because, of course, I mean, it's, it's, it's required. You don't want somebody coming in and cooking with dirty hands or eating with dirty hands. Jesus is not upset about that, but that they are allowing those traditions to take place with what really matters. See, we're so caught up with what's going on around us that we forget about him. We are so concerned about what our neighbor is not doing right that we forget about him. We are so concerned about what's going on in this world that we forget that we are not of this world, but we are pilgrims just passing by. But that's is not what Jesus set up. He's upset with the fact that we are allowing tradition. So likewise, as the people in the church, we are holding on to our very own traditions. We get stuck with our rosaries. Uh-oh. We get stuck with our rosaries and, and, and we get stuck with our, our fathers. And, and, and then we forget about the new covenant that Christ has given us through his death, burial, and resurrection. Somebody following me. We forget about the new covenant that Christ has given us through his death, burial, and resurrection. We become the people then that settle with what tradition has given you. And even though you are expecting something different, it will not happen and it cannot happen. Actually, this is defined as insanity when we are doing the same thing over and over and over, but we are expecting a different result. Why don't you look to the person that you know is doing this and say, he's talking to you. We're expecting a different result, but I'm going to tell you something, my brothers and sisters, in case you did not know, 
This is the plan of your enemy. Not your husband, because that's not your enemy. Not your wife, that's not your enemy. I'm talking about the devil. Your enemy, your adversary. John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief come not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. So I'm here to tell you this morning that as long as the devil can keep you in your traditions. Uh-oh. As long as the devil can keep you in your distractions. Wait a minute. As long as the devil can keep you stagnant. As long as he can keep you still. Not, not psalm still where it says be still and know that I'm God. But so still that you forget that you are supposed to be moving in order to be progressing. Some of us, we are so still that, that we've been in the church for over 10 years and still haven't grown up. Some of us, we've been in the church for so long that we are still stuck on the old traditions of the church. We haven't progressed. We haven't moved forward. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you stagnant. He wants you still. He wants you not to move another inch nor another muscle. And let me tell you something. The longer that we stay here, the harder it will be to break from the strongholds of the enemy. The reason that you cannot move, the reason that you've tried to cry out to God but you have not made any progress is because the enemy has a stronghold over your life. A stronghold that you cannot pray off of you. A stronghold that you cannot get off of you by yourself, but only something that Christ Jesus can deliver you from. But Jesus said at the second part of John 10.10 10, says that I come that they might have life and that they might have it more in abundantly. So the only way that we can break from the tradition is to keep or, or, or to, uh, that, that it keeps us from experiencing the true glory of God is if we let go and truly let go, fully let go and relinquish our life over to the master. Jesus, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus, the great I am. So then I ask you, why, why, why are we then jumping to Judges? What is, what is so important about Judges? Will you go with me to Judges? Go with me to Judges. This is where it's going to get good. Judges 15. Starting at verse 14. We're not going to read through the dialogue, but what, what I'm going to do is just go take you scripture by scripture and just kind of paint a picture for you. So as we see in verse 14, we see that Samson has been given the anointing. It says that the power is so strong over his life. It says that the power, the spirit of the Lord is so strong over his life. Then you go down and it says that at this time that he had found a jawbone of a donkey. And it says that when he found this jawbone of a donkey, that he began to slay 1,000 men. Samson is given a great example. He gives us a great example in this fight against 1,000 men. Judges 15 and 14, the anointing was on Samson. And in fact, as I said, the spirit of the Lord came so strong at him 
At, at that point, Samson finds this jawbone and he begins to kill a thousand men. But verse 17, now watch this, watch this, listen. He just killed a thousand men. But verse 17 tells us, and what's so unique about this, what's so symbolic about this, is that we see that in verse 17, what does he do? Somebody, read it. What does he do? What? He throws it away. It says he cast it away. What's so symbolic is that he threw it away. Now, if this was you and I, we would have taken this jawbone and we would have tried to have patented it. We would have tried to make money off. We would have tried to have sold it. We would have went down to the U.S. military and says, you know what? It has the blood of a thousand men. I was there. I am proof. You can see the blood. Look at it. Smell it. I slayed a thousand men with it. It works. Try it. Try it. You got to try it. You got to try it. But what happens when you get so many people to try something? Try it. Try it. Try it. Try it. Try it. What happens? Then it becomes a tradition. You, you, you are so stuck on something that worked for you for one time that you cannot and you will not let it go. So what's so unique about Samson's case is that he realized that the anointing was over his life and not the jawbone. So what he did was he realized, hey, God is over me. I got to throw this thing away. Because it worked for a moment does not mean that it will work for a lifetime. Oh, who am I talking to? Some of you right now are holding on to something that you think will work for you over and over again. Some of you are holding on to it because it worked for you once and you're hoping that it will happen again. But God is here to tell you that if you would just let go, I have more to give you than what you can receive. Christ Jesus says, I have more to give you. Now, we are stuck in our traditions. We think that, that if we would just hold on to it, that we'll be okay. But, but in Samson's case, he knew that the anointing was over his life and not over the jawbone. Now, now I want you to understand this. Do you realize, do you understand that the reason that you are, have been able to stand during this time that you should have fallen, that you should have, that you should have quit. The only reason that you've been able to stand is because of the anointing over your life. Because of the anointing and because of God's grace over your life. Many of you, many of you have said, I, I, I got to give up. I can't do this no more. I don't want to go through this anymore. Uh, many of you have made a decision that you are going to throw in the towel and, and, and you said, you know what? I can't do it. I won't do it. I can't do it anymore. But then you realize that because of his anointing and his spirit over your life that you can't help but to get up the next morning and try it all over again because of the mercy and his spirit that he has over your life. But I want to encourage you here this morning. God says that my grace is sufficient enough for you. All your sins have been washed away. You have been made new. So I want to encourage you this morning. Can I encourage you? Listen, listen. The reason that you are going through hell right now, you're in the church, you're doing what you're supposed to do, you've gotten rid of your tradition, but the reason that you are going through hell is not because of what you, are, you have been through, but it's because the devil is trying to keep you out of the space that God wants you to occupy. 
The devil is trying to keep you out of an environment that God wants you in. So therefore, the enemy is going to try anything and all that he can to keep you distracted and keep you in the situation that you're in. Oh, but if you let go and you let God do the work for you, the Bible says, as great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, so if you sit there and say, you can't do it, you say that I won't do it, but because of his anointing and because of his spirit, you remember that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at the person next to you and says, you can't quit. Tell him you can't stop. As a matter of fact, look at him and say, pick up that jawbone and get to swinging. Get to fighting. You can't stop now. We got to run this race. We got to fight this fight of faith because one day we will see the master. And when I get to heaven and I'm knocking at those gates, I want him to open up and say, good and well done, my faithful servant. You may now come in and inherit the kingdom of God. Saints of God, the enemy, he's just coming to distract us. He's coming to keep us in our tradition. And I want to show you, for those of you that are listening, but you can, you, it's not registering, I want to show you something. And I hope that this will help you realize or understand that this is exactly how we limit ourselves by keeping our own traditions. We limit ourselves by holding on to that one thing. What happens is that we go out and we find our own spiritual covering or we find our own protection. We find our own way to make it, which is why some of us, we are living paycheck to paycheck or we're, we're always fighting with the spouse or the kids are always getting into trouble or something's just not right at home or, or it's just so distracted and so stuck in what you're doing because why? Because you're holding on to something that's not working. This umbrella used to work. It used to protect me. It used to shield me from water, but not anymore. But saints of God, what I'm doing is, is I begin, I hold on to this. And I'm thinking it's going to, well, there's a little bit there I can, I can kind of get into. And, and I can, I can kind of, yeah, I'm still kind of protected. I can kind of maneuver a little bit. There it goes. There it goes. But then what happens is cottony, the wind begins to just shake a little too much. And, and life throws a little too much at us that, that, that we lose control. And we get so frustrated that we get to get mad and say, why aren't you working for me anymore? What's going on? You used to work for me. Why aren't you working? What's going on? What's, and we get so frustrated. We get so frustrated. Why? Because you're doing it by yourself. You're holding on to something that, 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 that does not or, or will not last or, or will not work for us again. But let me tell you something else. What's so unique about the grace and so unique about the power of God. I want you to come here. I want you to come here, my brother. I want you to come here, my brother. Come here, and brother, uh, brother George, you come here. What's so unique about God? I need two on each side. What's so unique about God? God says that his grace is sufficient for each and every one of us. So number one, I want to start with the head. The head being Jesus Christ. In your case, the head of your household being your shepherd here of this church. 
Amen. How many believe, amen, that he is ahead? He's ahead of this ministry. So as a shepherd, I'm going to give you your staff. I know it's a small one, but that's all I could find on the road. The unique thing about the presence and the grace of God. Get a corner. Where are we at? I'll switch corners. There you go. Brothers, another drill. All right. Stretch it high and as wide as you can. So what happens is we have a spiritual covering. We have a spiritual covering that Christ is willing to give us for free. Amen. For free. As long as we let go. As long as we let go. And what happens, Bishop, Pastor? What happens is that our shepherd, you're going to stand there. He, this guy right here. I don't know, but I feel the spirit of the Lord in this place. Bondages are being broken. Chains are being destroyed. If you would just let go, he says, come in. And now here you are. Under your protection. Under your leadership. Under your pastor. So no matter which way he goes, your elders, your, you are covered. You are protected. Nothing can get you. No more distractions. No more traditions. But you have the covering of Jesus Christ. Saints of God, I don't know about you, thank you. I don't know about you, but I want to be covered by his anointing. I don't know about you, but I want to be, I want to be secured, amen, by his presence. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be broken of all of my chains and all of my addictions that plague me from being able to see and understand the presence of God. You may see a shiny suit and a nice tie, amen, but I've been through hell. I've almost lost my family. I've almost lost my wife, amen. I almost ended up in divorce. I almost lost my kids. I almost lost my church. But I realized, amen, that I was working under my own covering until Christ showed me that I can do better. I can do better. I can do more. That I relinquished all rights and I gave them to him. And Christ saved me. Christ delivered me. And he healed me and made me whole. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I tell you here this morning. I tell you here this morning that it does not matter. It does not matter what you are going through, what you've been through, or where you are at right now. The book of Psalms, chapter 37 and 25, tells me that even now that I am older, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Saints of God, we are kings kids do not be limited to your traditions neither to your distractions but open up your heart open up yourself to the opportunity that God has for you a covering that is for free a covering that is for free now in in closing I want you to understand this brother Josh where are you bro go ahead and make your way up here some of y'all saying well you know what we like him he's quick amen Quick but to the point, amen? Listen, now I want you to understand something. That while you are in the presence of God, but sometimes it's hard to feel it. It's hard to see. Man, God, why? 
Why did we have to lose him? Why, did, why are we having to go through this? What's going on? God, why me? What? We, we're talking about our brother, our brother uh, Chano, brother Chano. As, God was so winner for Christ and about to undergo uh, cancer and, and the, uh, uh, sorry, surgery for tumors in the brain. God, why? Why him? God, he, and as he's there, he's winning two souls for Christ. Well, number one, that tells me that that sickness was worth it because two souls came to God. Now, I truly believe that God can heal him and that God will heal him. But, but getting back to my point, hold on, hold on. Getting back to my point, sometimes we say, and, 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 and we, God, but where are you? What are you doing? I can't do this by myself. Lord, I'm under your protection. I left my traditions. But I want to encourage you this morning. That the three Hebrew boys were in the fiery furnace. And in scripture you will never ever hear the three boys say we saw, we saw a fourth dude in here. You will never ever see that in scripture. But what is awesome is that you see the enemies of the three Hebrew boys. You see King Nebuchadnezzar that says, hold on. I see a fourth person. And he looks like the image of the son of God. Oh, you're about to shout here in just a second. So this gets me to believe that it does not matter if you do not see God working in your behalf when you're going through what you're going through. All that matters is that the enemy sees your God working for you during your problems, during your faults, during your failures. As long as the enemy sees God working in your behalf, that's all that matters. It says because at the mention of his name, oh, and it's a great name. It says that at the mention of his name, it said everything above the earth, everything on the earth, and everything beneath the earth must bow before the name of Jesus, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you love the Lord, somebody ought to give God praise and glory in this place here this morning. Breaking away from your tradition. Breaking away from what stops you from experiencing the presence of God. The saints of God, I know I'm not the only one that had my own tradition and had my own doctrine and had my own way of thinking. I know that there is somebody here. God didn't send me all the way to Austin for nothing. If this message has pricked your heart, the feet of Jesus are open now. Come. Come now and relinquish all rights that you thought you had and give them over to God. And come under his new protection, his new anointing, a protection that only he can give you. And by the way, it's for free. Something that you cannot get anywhere else, but you can get through the grace of God.